we on? Jimmy. Terrific. Good to go. Can everyone hear me out there? Fantastic. Oh, excellent. We have an Amelia Joy here today. Where is Amelia? Oh, I can't get everyone stopped now. It's good. We're starting. That's great. Now, I think we have a first time at Amelia Joy. Can I have mum and dad wave their hand? There they are. Jason and Emily. Fantastic. Amelia was born how many days ago? Last night? No. Five days ago. Put your hands together for these guys. That's great. Welcome, mum and dad. But there's three things as I get going this morning. I just want to uh, draw your attention to um, very quickly. Firstly, we've got some farewells this, uh, the, this afternoon. So afterwards, we've got our barbecue. We've got some cake going on. We've got three different families, one heading north, one heading out of east and one heading in east. And we just want to farewell them this morning. So join us afterwards. The second thing I want to say is that we had a great our children's ministry meeting this week because of all our Way to Go programs. We're still looking for someone who's going to fill that role. And uh, we got together with some um, really passionate parents and some really good passionate leaders. And we talked about that again. So just to bring that to your attention, that's what we're still looking for. Could you pray for us about that? If you have some ideas, send us through. Um, Robin and Donna are doing some great work and uh, that's terrific. But we want to kind of try and have that sorted by Christmas time. And uh, if you are a regular here, you can keep your ears unblocked. If you're just a first timer here, you're scratching around faith, just block your ears for a moment too. Um, because I just want to let you know too that if you haven't partnered with us in generosity, we have that whole concept here at NCR. It's about uh, sort of giving our finance to give away and serve the community as well um, as making everything work around here. And if you have been thinking about partnering with us in that um, or wonder what that's about, why don't you take one of our generosity brochures um, because that would be a great way that you can discover more about how do you sort of financially make this whole thing work around NCR. And um, just last month was a little bit south of our giving. We thought we'd just let you know about that. And if you want to get some more figures about that in our weekly update as well, um, you can discover that. But that's our generosity brochure. Now you can unblock your ears if you're just first time here or just scratching around the edges of faith as well. I've got three words that are coming up on the screen in a moment because we're starting a whole new theme this month. It's called Follow. And we're going to unpack what that means today and for the next three weeks. Um, but there's three words that are coming up on the screen. I want you to consider what's the first thing that comes to mind. This is an AFL word when you see this word, okay? What's the first thing that comes to mind? I wasn't actually asking for a response. This is in your own head. Yeah. All right, because I don't want to get too heated this morning with anything. Okay, so here's another word that's coming up on the screen. This is a political word. Queenslander. I could have said a name, Bob Catter, and you would have thought, what is going on up there north? Now, that's very different to our New Civilites, A, that are heading up north, A, in a few days' time. And I've got a third word. I wonder what comes to mind when you see this word come up on the screen. Christian. What does that word Christian conjure up in your mind? Christian. I was uh, preparing uh, a couple to get married and this was some years ago and they said, we want you to do a Christian wedding. And I turned to them and I said, well, what do you mean by this term Christian? And they scratched their heads, looked at each other for a moment. They said, I think it just means being a good person. If you wrote that word down and handed it to some people in your workspace or your neighbourhood, some of them would say, you know what, Christian just means being a good person. 
However, if you wrote that word down and showed it to other people in the community, um, they might say things like, those Christians are those religious zealots, they are the narrow-minded, judgmental, self-righteous, Bible-hitting people. Um, if you're here, and I've almost got a bingo for you, <laughs> glad you're here this morning. Uh, checking out what does it mean, but that's some of the words that would come to mind for some people in the community if you showed them this word Christian. For others though, it might mean, and for fewer people, it, it might be that it's got something to do with the person by the name of Jesus Christ. And that word Christian actually came into vogue Uh, after a person and after some people who gathered around a particular person 2,000 years ago by the name of Jesus Christ. In fact, for many people or for few people today, that would have any connection whatsoever with this person, Jesus Christ. In fact, that word was used as a bit of a, um, a term of derision. Back in early Roman times, the first people who gathered around this person, Jesus Christ, uh, were, were termed and coined, not the first phrase, but a little bit on, was this word, you're a Christian. If you were in the Roman Empire and uh, you heard about these people who were Christians, they were the ones who didn't do everything that the Romans did. They didn't obey all of the same customs. They believed that there was another king different to Caesar and perhaps they would do some things that were considered to be a little bit different. They believed in one God And maybe they did some strange things in their practices together. So if you heard that phrase, Christian, it kind of had that turn of phrase of, oh, you're different to the rest. You're, that's not, that's not good. Today that word and that phrase means a whole bunch of things to a whole bunch of different people. In fact, if you scratched a little bit deeper, you discover that the first phrase that was used for people who gathered around this person, Jesus, Christ was the word disciple and a disciple was someone who was a learner, someone who learned and was willing to learn from someone else and a disciple of these Christians, if you like, was someone who said, you know what, I actually want to respond to an invitation that Jesus gives and we're going to unpack that in a moment but let's stay with the word disciple for a minute, someone who's willing to learn. I was out jogging the other week and I was down by, I think it was the, the little creek down here, is it Dandenong Creek? And I had, I looked down and I saw this fluffy duck, this, this live duck. It must, I think it was a female because there were some chicks, about five or six just gathered around. This is the time of year, yeah? Spring is happening. There's all these little, you know. And, uh, and I looked down and, and this duck was hissing at me with its mouth wide open. It came at me like this. And I'm jogging along going, that's, that's strange, man. You are batting way above your weight because I could just, Stand on you right here. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. But this duck came just hissing at me. And I thought, there it is. There's this mother. Don't get between a mother and her chicks at any time, but particularly now. Yeah. And uh, if you stopped for a moment and you observed and watched those chicks, you'd see something really profound happening in the way in which they would follow their mum. If you sat by the edge of the creek, and I've done this before, wherever the mum goes, the chicks go. They're really close. And so, if, if mum goes across the creek, the chicks, they all paddle really hard with their legs and doing a gazillion miles an hour underneath. They go across. Uh, if, if the mum turns to the left, they turn to the left. If the mum turns to the right, they turn to the right. If the mum eats something, they all eat something too because she's showing them what to do. She's, 
She's inviting them, if you like, to learn from her. They don't even know, they're just they're doing it, but they're learning along the way. Those early people who gathered around Jesus were people who were willing to learn. But what's more than that is they actually were responding to an invitation Jesus was giving to them. And we're going to have a look at it now, so follow with me. So this is a book from the Bible, from the book of Mark in chapter 1. Mark was a guy who actually wrote about the real life events of Jesus. It says this, after John's arrest, that is Jesus' cousin, after Jesus' cousin by the name of John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee announcing God's good news. He says, the time is fulfilled. He said, God's kingdom is arriving. Turn back and believe this good news. So just here, Jesus is saying, God's up to something in our world and I want you to know about it and I want you to know that it's good news. God's reign, God's life, God's rule is coming to earth and you can actually be part of that. This is good news. And he goes on and he says these things to some fishermen. And as he went along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew and they were fishermen and they were casting their nets into the sea. Jesus said these words. He said, follow me, said Jesus to them. I'll have you fishing for people. Straight away, they left their nets and followed him. Then he goes on. And he went along a bit and saw James, Zebedee's son, and John, his brother. They were in the boat, mending their nets. And he called them, the same phrase, follow me. Then and there, they left their father Zebedee in the boat with their hired servants and went off after him. Let's park it there just for a moment. So there was this phrase that Jesus used, For those first people who gathered around, it was a really simple phrase, but yet really profound. It was a simple invitation. Would you follow me? Follow me. Have you ever heard of and played that that simple children's game, follow the leader? Yeah? Do you remember doing that? Do you remember anyone ever doing the follow the leader thing? The whole idea with follow the leader was that whatever the leader did, you did, right? So if you climbed a tree, everyone else had to climb a tree. If, if you ate a particular food, everyone else had to, like a dare, eat that food. Yeah, if, if you had to hop along the road with on one foot, you, everyone else had to copy the same thing. If you wanted to, to beat up on your brother or sister, everyone else had to beat up on your brother and sister too. It kind of worked to your advantage at times, yeah, if you were the leader, yeah? So this was the whole idea of this, this game. This is this This ancient game, if you like, of follow the leader, that's what was exactly happening here. But if you're a Jewish person in Jewish culture, you would understand that there's a whole context behind this idea of follow me. In fact, it was a call that a teacher, that a rabbi would give. And it was a sign of honour if one of your children, one of your male sons in your family were to go and actually follow some religious leader, some rabbi who was starting up his own group of disciples. And so the whole idea is if you were invited to go, you would go. And, and the, your allegiance to your master would be even greater than your, your allegiance to your kin and your family. And, and so we have this ancient apprenticeship system happening here in which Jesus says, follow me. And the whole idea behind it is that people would, whatever he does, whatever he says, you want to learn from him. How would you know if you were a disciple? If you began to think like him began to behave like him and acted for him. That's when you knew that you were a disciple, a follower, someone who would do 
what the master was doing. So you can imagine that. Here they are in their boats, two sets of brothers, Peter and Andrew, James and John. And they leave their nets. They just drop their nets. Just in one foul swoop, one day, Zebedee loses his right and left hand man. Because someone's come along by the name of Jesus and said, you, would you follow me? Wow, how dramatic. Could you imagine being in a place like that where someone just comes and says to you, follow me and straight away you drop what you're doing and you just go? Wow. Well, actually, there's a dynamic event that happened just at this time to actually precipitate this kind of reaction. Because one of the things that I look at here and see in the the dramatic kind of sense of, of dropping my nets and just following Jesus was that there was something that they saw in him that they actually must have been attracted to and said, there is something about you that we just want to know more about. Some people think when it comes to following Jesus that you have to have all of your questions answered. Now, there's no questions being asked here. Peter and Andrew, James and John, they didn't say, now, now before we go with you, we just want to know, uh, where are you going? How long is this going to take? Um, is this like for a week, a month, a year? Um, how are we going to get fed? What clothes are we going to wear? Yeah, is anyone here that would like to know all of that information ahead of time before you actually make a decision about anything? Any people who are controlling people here this morning that want to own up to that? Because isn't it true that you would stop there right in that case and you would say, no, 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 before I go, before I drop my nets, I just want to ask you a few questions. Who's going to look after me? Who's going to look after? Who's going to? Who's going to? Where are we going to? How are we going to? No. Jesus just says, follow me. The good news about that is that if you're here this morning and you're thinking, do I need to have, to have all my questions answered before I follow Jesus, before I actually connect with God? The answer is no. You don't have to have all of your questions answered. You don't have to have God all figured out. But there's this simple invitation that Jesus offers and he says, would you follow me? The simple criteria of a disciple is that you are someone who's willing to learn. That's good. But the event that precipitated this kind of response in the disciples went something like this. They're in the boats and they've just been out fishing for an entire night. Jesus had stood in Simon Peter's boat and just pushed it off from shore a little bit. So he could talk to this great crowd of people that echo off the water. And at the end of all of his teaching and talking to people about God and his life and his kingdom, he says to him, Peter, I want you to push your boat out a little bit further. I want you to cast your nets into the ocean and I want you to pull them up because you're going to get a catch of fish. And Peter at this stage, he must have looked at Jesus and said, you know what? I am the fisherman. I am the one who knows about fish. Yep. So he must have looked at Jesus and said, are you serious? Because he says to him, Jesus, I have been out all night fishing and we have caught nothing. We are seasoned veterans in this and you want us to go out? He almost gives in and he says, okay, but at your bidding I'll do that. And I push that a little bit further and Simon Peter lowers his nets. He says there's this huge school of fish that swim into those nets, so much so that it begins to break the nets with the haul of fish that's in them. So much so that Simon Peter calls and he signals to his, his fishing buddies, James and John, bring your boat too. And as he brings his boat as well and as they're hauling these fish in and there are sardines literally everywhere overflowing this boat and the other boat, Peter pauses for a moment and he looks at Jesus and this fear just 
begins to permeate through all of him. You know, if you've ever met someone who you feel like they've got x-ray vision, they can just see and know exactly what you're thinking and saying. Uh, yeah? Do you know those people? They kind of look at you with x-ray vision and you think, do you know what I'm thinking? Do you know where I've been this last week? Do you know what I... Yeah? It must have just come over Peter. Because he looks at Jesus and he says, get away from me. Because I'm a, I'm a sinful person. I don't have it all together. And Jesus looks back to him at that moment and he says, Peter, do not be afraid, but now just you come follow me. Wow, the good news of that is that if you're here this morning and you think that I'm only allowed to follow God and be connected with him once I've got my life cleaned up, once I've got everything sorted out, once I'm perfect on the inside, Jesus says, no, why don't you just come with me and we'll figure that stuff out along the way, but don't be afraid, just follow me. At the simple heart of this, this whole uh, enterprise of being a disciple is this simple invitation of Jesus to say, will you follow me? You don't have to have all the questions answered. You don't have to have your life perfectly figured out. But what I want you to do is respond to this simple invitation. Follow, follow me. See, the truth in our lives is that we're all following someone or something. That, that was the truth of Forrest Gump. That simple little clip that demonstrated someone who was willing under, only under an impulse of his own mind to run across, back and forth across America. And some people thought, you must know where you're going and you must know what you're doing because you're running this obscene amount of kilometres. And so people join him, they become his disciples. When he stops, they stop. When he runs, they run. When he sleeps, they sleep. Back and forth across America... And as they're running back and forth across America, they think he must be leading us somewhere to someone, some greater purpose. And in the end, he just decides, I want to stop. And then they say, well, what do we do now? We thought you were going somewhere. The truth is, all in our lives is that we are following someone or something. The question I want to ask you today, where is it heading? Is it life-giving? Is it hope-filled? Does it lift you? Is it eternal? Because there's a lot of roads and people say, I want you to follow that are heading down nowhere that's good. Jesus not only invites people to follow, but he also seems to have this great picture about what those people will become and look like when people choose to follow him, kind of like the end game, the product. So he tells them a story. Somewhere along the line, they start wondering, Jesus, why isn't everyone following you like you're just giving invitations out along the road? Some people are following you and then they're turning away. Some people are just not even interested in what you say, but you still yet say follow. Jesus turned to them and he gathered them and he said, I want to tell you this story. A sower, a farmer went out to sow all of his crops and as he scattered his seeds, some of it fell upon the pathway. And birds came along and they actually plucked it and picked it out off the ground. He said, then the next set, what happened is that uh, there was some seed that fell upon the soil that was rocky. He said, what happened with that rocky soil is that as soon as the, the, the seed gave birth and broke open, it, it took root but, and it grew up. But when the, the sun came out, it scorched it and it, it choked it, 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 it dried it up, it shriveled it. He said, then there was some other seed that fell upon soil that had weeds mixed in. And as, it, as the seeds grew up, It kind of got choked out by the weeds because they competed with them. 
And then lastly, he said what happened was that there was this other seed that fell upon the soil and it produced a really good crop, 30, 60 and 90 fold. And he started talking to them in stories like this and they said, Jesus, we'd understand what this parable, what this story is all about. So we came to them and let's back up three here because I know you followed with me, Tim, just a little bit ahead of the space. Go back. And, and, and Jesus said, let's go to that one. That's good. He said, as he gathered his disciples together, he said, what I want you to know is that the seed that I'm talking about is the good news about God and his life and his kingdom. And he says, this is what happened and this is what this parable, this story means. When someone hears the word of the kingdom, the seed, and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, what was sown in their heart. This corresponds to what was sown beside the path. What was sown on rocky ground is the person who hears the word of the good news of God and his life and his kingdom and immediately receives it with delight, but doesn't have any root of their own. Someone like that only lasts a short time, as soon as there's any trouble or persecution, because the word they trip up at once. He goes on and says this, the one sown among the thorns is the one who hears the word, but the words, world's worries and the seduction of wealth choke the word and it doesn't bear fruit. But the one sown on good soil is the one who hears the word and understands it. Someone like that will bear fruit. One will produce a hundred times over, another sixty and another thirty times over on top of that. You see, Jesus had this picture of where people who respond to this invitation of follow me, what they look like, where they're heading, where they're going. He said, what... Those people are like is that they're like a seed that takes root in the ground and it grows up and it produces a head of 30, of 60, of 90. It's fruitful. If you like, it looks like a head of a stalk of wheat that actually produces fruitfulness in your life. You'll begin to think like, to behave like, and to look like the person that you're following. Jesus in another space turned it like this. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. He said he gave this this beautiful picture of what it's like for someone to actually know God. Is to be in such kind of connection with them that you'd be able to hear God's voice. Because he knows them and they follow him. This week, uh, my little daughter was saying to me, can, can we do some, some dad and daughter time? Uh, she'd probably heard the good dads, great dads talk a few weeks back and she was wanting to milk that and saying, could we do some, some father-daughter time? And I like that, that's good. And uh, so she said, can we go to the Melbourne show I said, sweetie, do you really want to go to the Melbourne show? She said, yeah, I want to go to the Melbourne show. I want to go to the Melbourne show. Dad, can we go to the Melbourne show? And I said, sweetie, do you know you have to mortgage your house to go to the Melbourne show? <laughs> do you know how expensive that is? Just by the time you get into the car park, you've mortgaged half your house. If you want to go on a ride, that's the other half. I mean, we're going to be in debt for years. This is, she said, can we go to the, I said, how about if I organise something else? And she said, oh, all right. You'll organise something else. I said, leave it with me, I'll organise something else. Well, for the next days then, she's saying, Dad, what are we doing? Where are we going? Well, what are we up to? What do I need? How long is it going to take? I said, just steady on, steady on, steady on. I've been thinking, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? And I figured out what we're going to do. All right. 
And so I came to the day and she said, what have I got to wear? And I said, you know what, just put on some clothes that you can do some sporty stuff in. All right? She's thinking, she's thinking. We get in the car and, and she's going, how long is it going to take to get there? How long is it going to take to get there? Um, what do we do? And I said, actually, how about we play that game? We don't know where we're going. Yeah? You can just say left or right and we'll just take that. That's, that's the game for today. And she, she said, oh, okay, we can go there. I knew she was a little bit disappointed. I said, actually, no, I'm only joking. We're not doing that game today. We drove on a little bit further and as I was looking for this particular place in Nutterwater and we drove down this road and we parked next to a, uh, a motor vehicle, you know, repair mechanics place. And I said, we're actually going to get the car fixed today and we're going to watch the mechanic do his work. And you could see her go, all right, Dad, that, that's great, you know, but I was kind of hoping for something else. But if we're doing that and, and I said, no, we're not going to do that. And, and I walked down a little bit further and there was this rock climbing centre. You know the one in Nutterwater? Hard rock climbing? Yeah, if you don't know it, you should go there. We walked in there and she goes, oh, what are we doing? We're doing rock climbing. I said, yeah. I said, what do you reckon? And she goes, that's great. And uh, we signed up and you sign your life away to these things. You know that? You go in and they say, if anything happens, you know, we're not going to blame you or anything else. And as we're there and there, they said, are you going to be looking after your dad? Is your dad looking after you? In other words, are you blame for each other? And I said, yes. Not even thinking. I said, yes, because we're both climbing. And so they said, okay, you're going to have to go to this instructor. And the instructor is going to teach you. You have to follow exactly what he says. So, so we're both there and we're doing exactly what, because someone down below is literally, yeah, the anchor person, in case something happens up there. And so we're, we're practicing this together. And it just hadn't even run through my head yet that in a few moments' time I would be climbing a rock face where my 12-year-old, my little one, is the only thing between me and life and death, Yeah? And a rope. And so we got there to this, and they're about 15 metres. I think that's how high they go. 15 metres is a long way, yeah? And so I, I started climbing. I've got, we harnessed this rope. We started climbing. And I was about five metres off the ground. And I went, whoa. I hadn't even thought this far. Five metres. And the only thing between me and death is my little daughter. And I hope she's been following the guy who was teaching her what she needed to do. And I'm looking down and she's looking all around the other people who are climbing. And I'm saying, hey, sweetie, 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 you remember, I'm up here and you've got to anchor off, you've got to lock down. I'll just, just, just communicate with me here. And I remember just stopping at five metre point and saying, okay, we're just going to test this here. I'm just going to lay back right now. And sweetie, I hope you're down there and you're watching all of this and you're locking off. And as I'm, I'm going backwards, because I wasn't going to go up any higher. You understand this, parents. You, you understand it. To go any higher. We're going we're gonna to build up to this slowly. And she lowered me down. If you had have asked me last Friday what I was doing at Nutterwadding Rock Climbing Gym with my little 12-year-old, some of you would have thought it's just dad and daughter having some fun time. Some of you would have thought, you know, you're just having a skill session and you're learning something new. But I would have told you, I'm doing this because I want my little girl to know me a little bit better and I want to know her a little bit better too. Because I want to know her and I want her to know me. You see, when she's climbing up that rock, there's sometimes which I let the, the rope a little bit looser so she's feeling like she's free climbing. I'm watching her. I'm ready to anchor off. But I just wanted to know that she's got some skills that she can use, but I'm there observing her. There's some times there where I can say to her, hey, you're doing well. One more reach. One more step. That's great. That's awesome. Where the rope's tight and she knows that I'm really close and safe and, and beside her. There's other times, though, I just want her 
to be able to know that even in those times where I can't, she can't necessarily feel me, but that I'm still there. I want her to know that I'm with her. I want her to hear my voice. I want her to follow. And that's what this whole month is about. Leaving you with a simple question. Who are you following? And how are you following? Because there's this wonderful process that God actually wants to take us on for anyone who dares to choose to respond to that simple invitation of Jesus. It goes something like this. God invites us and he invites us to make a decision to step out and trust. And that often leads to times in which God will reveal himself more and then As he reveals himself more, he'll invite you to take another step of faith to another invitation that comes along and the cycle keeps on going and going so that you would bear fruit. If you like, just like Jesus said, that you would hear his voice and that you would follow. band's going to come up. They're They're going to sing a song in a moment. But I want to leave you with this question this morning. The start of this series, follow. I want to ask you, who are you following? Where is it taking you? And as you hear these words of Jesus and that simple invitation, maybe Christianity has got really complicated for you. It's become all about other things. It's institutional. It's having to do stuff. It's having to... And really, when we strip it all back, it comes back to this simple, fundamental invitation of Jesus. Would you follow me? Would you follow me? And the criteria for following Jesus isn't that you have it all worked out and that you're perfect. The criteria isn't that you've got all of your questions answered. The criteria is is that you are a willing learner. So as you sit here this morning, as you hear these words, let me ask you, could you just strip it back for a moment? Maybe you've got distracted with other things. You've wandered off on a path. You feel like it's that, the weeds thing, choking you out. And what it comes back to is a simple invitation from a simply profound man. Will you follow Will you follow me? Because if you do, I want to produce a crop in your life. 30, 60, 100 fold. So you will think like me. You will begin to behave like me. You will act for me. Here's four things I want you to consider. Maybe you're here in this series for this month is going to unpack for you a questioning time. Exploring Jesus is for you. We have a group that gathers to explore who is Jesus. Maybe you are on your card today, why don't you write, I'd like to know more about exploring and discovering who Jesus is. Why don't you write your name on that card? For some people on the 17th of November, one of the signs of following Jesus is this, this triumphal entry to be dunked underwater, not without, not with floaties, but will lift you up to say I'm a follower of Jesus and that's for you. You've been holding back and you need to. For others, it's just taking this simple passage. My sheep, hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. If you write that down, memorize that. Make this your little mantra, your, your thought, your, and say, God, would you speak to me through this? 
Maybe just leave you the question this morning. Am I following? Jesus says, follow me.